Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us, they were competitive games, though they were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up, we were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying, because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Welcome to another Pure Victory Podcast episode. It's your boys here, Matt and Braden. <laughs> We're excited to chat today. And hey, thanks for the, you guys who are leaving reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever app that you're listening to this on. We really appreciate all the reviews and the rankings. And, uh, you know, it helps boost where we are when people search pornography or sex and podcasts. Uh, it, it increases the likelihood that they'd see these episodes, which we we think and we hope are really powerful for people. So if you have 30 seconds and you haven't left a review yet, you can definitely go to an app and do that. And then take advantage of the show notes too. When you go to purevictorypodcast.com and you click on the the podcast link on the episode link, the show notes will pop up. And so there's a summary of each episode on there. And there's also resources that are mentioned in each episode. There's resources for our ministries that are on there. And so the show notes are a really great resource for you to take advantage of as well. So definitely do that. Thanks for um, being part of our community and part of our tribe and, and just moving this mission forward. So we know a lot of you guys are sharing these podcasts with your friends and your pastors. And the more we can get the word out, the better for the kingdom of God and the better for people out there. So today we get to talk about God's design for sex. And we love talking about this. We've talked about it at different events and conferences and things that we've done. And there's a lot to it. I mean, there's a lot of different angles that we can come at. And so we were just kind of talking about like, what's the first angle that we want to address when we talk about God's design for sex? And we think that one of the most powerful things that is included in God's design for sex is the idea of covenant, the idea of covenant in marriage and what that means and, and how it looks in a marriage for sex to be the thing that confirms a covenant. And then what marriage looks like moving forward when both parties understand what a covenant really is. 
You said that so well there. And I think that, you know, we have misunderstanding about the word covenant. We even have a misunderstanding about God's design for sex. I think when I was growing up, when I, if I was to hear God's design for sex, my misunderstanding would lead me to think that means that he's trying to kill all my fun and stop me from enjoying sex in my life. And don't do it. Don't do it. Don't think about it. You better not think about it. Right? <laughs> you better not. <laughs> and that's not true. None of that is true. And it's because we have a lot of misinformation about God's design for sex. We think that really it's a set of rules and regulations. That's not the case though. That he's the one who created sex. He's created it with a purpose, a plan in it. And it's better than what we can imagine. It's better than what the world portrays it. And we want you to f- understand that. And we're framing that for you right now. Because if you do get this, you're going to experience sex in a whole different way. You're going to experience relationship in a whole different way, connection in a whole different way. So covenant. But covenant really comes down to it is a relational component of commitment. And it goes deeper than that though too. Because a commitment can be seen sometimes as just a business contract that can be broken. You commit to the point where you're you're willing and then you stop. Covenant is deeper. It's a giving of yourself fully to another person. And we know that because of what God did for us. He gave us a covenant and he gave himself fully to that. He died on the cross for us. It was, the, it was given to us in blood that covered us. And I know I, the, for those of you that aren't Christ followers out there, you might be like, what are you talking about? Well, Let's just break it down. Covenant is something that God gives us that draws us to him. It connects us to him in a deeper way. And it's a promise. It's something that's so much deeper than just a commitment, even though commitment's part of it. So what does that mean for sex? Well, covenant and sex are two things that are very much part of each other. And how do we know that? Well, if you go look right in Genesis, right at the beginning, when Adam and Eve um, were were, uh, at the, the point of the fall. So that's when they ate the fruit they weren't supposed to, and there was consequences because of that. But right from the beginning, God was making a covenant with them, even though they did this. He showed his love through this, but he made a covenant to Adam and Eve saying that your offspring will crush Satan's head. This is a powerful thing because he's making a bold statement saying, I'm with you. I'm still for you. I still love you. That's never changed even in spite of this. And that's an Incredible picture for us, but there's a covenant aspect to sex and relationship and marriage where God lives out a purpose in us and and through that connection that we have as husband and wife. And that's fulfilled through that deeper connection of covenant. So when you say your I do, you're not just saying, hey, I'm signing a legal contract. You're becoming a, a one together. That doesn't mean you lose your individuality. That means you're giving yourself fully to this, to your spouse, through thick and thin. And there's a purpose and a plan in that. And when you have sex with each other in marriage, you connect in a much deeper way. And that connection is where purpose is lived out. That's where you experience purpose in your marriage because you have a deepening connection with each other. And what happens when we are single, say, and we just view sex the way the world does. Hey, I'm just going to have fun now. I better figure out how to be, get really good at sex. And then when I get married, that'll help be helpful, right? Well, what happens is when we have sex with multiple partners before we're married, we bind with those people we have sex with. We bind with them. We know this in our brains, right? Like our brains connect with another person. The dopamine is released. There's a bonding agent that's released in our brain called oxytocin. And we connect with this person. When that relationship ends, there's a tearing, a ripping from that person a part of you is left on them a part of them is left on you and 
over time, if you keep having these sexual experiences and relationships with others, your ability to bond with another person diminishes drastically. So when you get married, you can't connect to your spouse anymore. So God's design is the opposite of that. He wants full connection with husband and wife to live out that covenant because purpose is seen in that connection. Absolutely. And there's so much purpose in marriage. And I love that when you talk about that when Adam and Eve screwed up, God gave them a purpose. And he said that through their offspring, he was going to, you know, crush Satan's head. And there was going to be purpose in that, that when Adam and Eve left the garden, when they got booted out of the garden, the first thing they did in Genesis 4 verse 1 was have sex. Yeah. And and what did they do? It created offspring. And we think that when they listened to God's promise, saying like, this is what's going to happen through your offspring. It's good. We we're going to crush Satan's head. Now they move forward. They're like, okay, now we're out of the garden. Mm-hmm. Now we're in this world that's not nearly as good. I mean, imagine we were talking, imagine the devastation, leaving the garden, living in paradise, living in God's just perfection on earth. And then you're not able to live there anymore. I mean, yeah. imagine how discouraged and almost depressed you could be and just like, oh, what have I done? But the first thing that they did was they acted on the promise that God gave them saying, through your offspring, I'm going to move. I'm going to crush this enemy who's deceived you. And so the first thing they do is they have sex. They produce offspring. And I think that it's so powerful because Adam and Eve both screwed up. I mean, they both led to the sin, mm-hmm. right? Eve ate the fruit, but Adam was supposed to um, protect her. And he, he also ate the fruit. And, and there's just like they both screwed up. And they could have held that against each other and they could have been mad and they could have argued and just had this division come in. Now they're suffering the consequences. They're out of the garden. They could have really been mad at each other then. They could have just went their separate ways and, you know, lived on their own. That's right. (laughs) But the first thing that they did was they said, okay, we both screwed up. We were suffering the consequence, but we're going to have sex because we're in covenant. We're going to connect with each other. We're going to stay together. And through our covenant, God's purpose is going to come to pass by producing offspring in our life that's going to do great things in the future. And so, so often in marriage, when one or two of us screw up, there's this anger, there's this disappointment, Mm -hmm. this division, like, oh, I'm going to hold it against you. I'm not going to have sex with you for however long. I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Adam and Eve did not do that. They were like, man, we screwed up, but let's leave that in the past because the purpose for our marriage is way greater than the disappointment that we might be feeling. And that's what covenant does. Covenant produces vulnerability and it it eliminates all leverage that you might have. And so when you commit in marriage, you are vulnerable to that person saying, like you said, Brad, and you give your complete self to the other person. And then you don't have any leverage to say, well, if you treat me a certain way, I'm out. Yeah. Right. The back door is open. If you're not good to me, if you're not good to me, um, I'm going to leave and, and I'm going to punish you or whatever. Covenant doesn't do that. Covenant says no matter what, like God said to Noah after the flood happened, like here's a rainbow. It's a promise that I'm never going to wipe people out again. No matter how bad you guys get, I'm just going to love you. I'm going to commit you. I'm mm. going to give myself fully to you. Yeah. And that's the power of sex in, in marriage. Because the reason why sex is what's used to, to consummate a marriage or to confirm a covenant is because physically your clothes are off, you're vulnerable, and now in this vulnerable state, you're there to serve the other person. 
And so you're not using leverage like, well, I'm only going to take my clothes off if you do a certain thing yeah, to me or treat right. me well. It's not about you anymore. It's about you're going to be vulnerable so that you can serve that other person with everything that you are. Yeah. And that's the power in covenant because that's a representation of everything else in marriage. Where then that's also with finances and with emotions and you just open up and you're, you're one in every single area of life and you're not holding leverage over the other person. Connection really is a big part of this. And I think that God designed that, that for sex to be in marriage because when we have that connection, we do live out that, that deeper, we, we affirm that covenant that we're making with each other. Like, I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to make a commitment to connect it with you the rest of my life. And we know why connection is important because we live out our purpose then and we live out what God's calling us to do and yeah. the experience of fullness in our marriage. There's a purpose to it. There's something far greater than just, you know, husband and wife together and we just live our own lives. No, your marriage has a purpose. We believe that every marriage has a purpose and then God gives it that purpose. So sex is so much central to this. It connects us. It's a commitment to connect to the other person. And it's also important to understand too that with this covenant and, and, and sex being designed for marriage, that safety and security are, are key principles to what God gives us in his design for sex. If we have no safety and no security in our relationship, there's no commitment there and not the level with husband and wife. Sex just becomes a self-fulfilling thing. It's not about serving another person. It's just simply about, well, I just got an itch. I got a scratch right. and I'm just going to use you to get this itch scratched. It is not about serving another person. It becomes silly, really about self-fulfillment and selfishness. Whereas sex and marriage is about serving another person. It's about giving up your rights to move another person along, to meet their desires, their needs, to help add to that, I should say, you know, and we can do that as husbands and wives. But, you know, when we remove sex from marriage, everything's upside down. It doesn't work. It's broken. And then sex becomes something that actually damages us. It hurts us. It hurts another person. And it becomes counterproductive to us. And that's why it cannot be removed from marriage. It really can. It's all about connection. If you're thinking, well, God's just trying to kill my fun. We're, we're going to tell you right now. No, he's not. He wants you to experience something far deeper. He wants to, to you to experience the, what he designed uh, sex to be in your life. And that's to connect with your spouse. And then you're going to find purpose as a couple and that it's going to be far more fulfilling than just, you know, going on Tinder or wherever else you go on. And it's going to be far greater than those sexual experiences maybe that you long for. That's just self-serving. Absolutely. Yeah. And we so often think about what we do and acting out or I'm going to stay loyal to my spouse or I'm not going to have sex before I'm married, whatever. But Jesus even addresses that. And Jesus says, like, this is the way that you guys think, but I'm going to raise the bar on you and I'm going to take it to another level. Because the reason why Jesus harps on thoughts, like if you think lustfully about a woman who's not your wife, that's adultery. Mm -hmm. The reason why is he's not saying like, oh, you're just a sinner. He's saying, I don't want you to do that because I want you to have such satisfaction and fulfillment and connection in your marriage. And so a lot of times when men are involved in pornography, the woman is like, it's basically like you're having an affair. You should, you may as well just go sleep with somebody. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And men are like, really? like what? Like yeah. we don't think it is, right? Yeah. But if you look at scripture, the woman is actually correct. Because Jesus is saying, when you put thoughts in your mind about somebody else, it limits that connection that you have with your wife. And that's why it is basically adultery. Yeah. Because now you're thinking about another woman and it's getting in the way of this connection that's supposed to be just between you and your spouse. 
And so we want to raise that bar too and say like, it's not just a standard of get porn free or don't ever have sex with somebody else. It's like, what's in your thoughts? What's in your head? Mm-hmm. Are you even thinking about different people? And, and if you do that, then that's limiting the, the joy and the contentment that you can have in the reality of being married to your spouse. Now, if you're single, it's limiting the joy and contentment that you can have with your future spouse and currently with the Lord when we spend time fantasizing and mm-hmm. thinking about different, different women or different men, whatever it is. So, um, so there's a power in understanding the thoughts and not just what we do physically, but the thoughts in it do. Really, God has the design for us, and that's where we need to be looking. And you know what? We see people that try to rush this connection by, you know, becoming sexually active with their boyfriend or girlfriend too soon. We see people that have lived a life of jumping from relationship to relationship because they're looking for a deeper connection. It's not working. <laughs> You're when we, that desire is co-opted, and you are seeking out all these different things because you think that's where you're going to find connection. Well, it's right here in front of us. It's so great because the Bible talks about this to us. There's so many places in Scripture, and there's one in particular I really like, and it's in Song of Songs. It talks about a, a budding relationship of this couple and how they progress from kind of a dating relationship what we see nowadays into a marriage. What they show here is there is a healthy progression in our relationship. First, they connect on certain levels before they go to sex. Sex is designed for marriage. And I'll, I'll just break this down for you. This this woman's speaking about her guy and she's she's noticing that he has a great character. She describes him as a big tree and there's these pieces of fruit coming from his tree that kind of represent his character, who he is as a man, and these are great things for her. She loves to take these things in, and then she feels safe and secure in the shade of this tree. She feels like she is his and he is hers, and there's no second guessing, there's no questioning, you know, there's no, oh, does he like me? No, there's there's a security and safety. They built into the relationship first on that friendship level, that growth and progression spiritually, and uh, not only that, mentally and emotionally, they're growing in those things first before they go to sex. And she desires him. She talks about how she is. She needs to be strengthened with raisins and apples. She's talking about how she has attraction for this guy. And she does desire him sexually. But then I love this verse. She says, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Did you catch that? Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. She's breaking down that there is a time and a place for sex. Today, nowadays, the first thing that we do, we see it all the time in TV shows, right? Three dates, I think, is what they say you're supposed to do, and then you have sex with each other. <laughs> and we know that that doesn't work because we see how marriages are breaking down, relationships are breaking down when sex is removed from marriage. It doesn't work. This verse is talking about there's a time and place for sex, and that's in marriage. You build this other stuff first, this intimacy. And that's where you feel safe and secure. And then you come together and you commit to each other in this covenant of marriage. And then your relationship unfolds even further when you have sex with each other and you grow as a couple in that deeper connection that is designed for marriage. Because if you do it before marriage, you're finding a second-rate version of your your relationship. You're not experiencing the fullness of your relationship because you've jumped the gun. You've gotten the physical stuff in there too fast. And now you're not going to be able to go deeper spiritually. You're not going to be able to grow together mentally and emotionally together. You're going to miss all that. 
Whereas if you do it the reverse, you, you grow into that other stuff first, then when you have sex and marriage, your connection is just going to give birth to far greater connection in all these other areas too, right? Because that's the, the progression of connection. It's all about connection. How do we connect to another person in a loving, healthy way? God's given us the design right here in this scripture. Yeah, that's true because you say that you need to connect in these other ways first. And I like actually where it says that she has this sexual attraction. Like yeah. she's like, oh, I'm fainting. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm so attracted yeah. to him. Like strengthen me with food. Yeah. And and then she's like, but I'm not going to act on it. Because yeah. like you say, now it's like people are like, oh, I'm into you. Let's do it. Right. Yeah, like, that's right. Oh, on Tinder, like you're hot. Yeah, let's do it. Swipe right, swipe right. That's right. Hey. Right. And it's like, no, like you, you can be sexually attracted and then control yourself and discipline yourself and like even speak it out. Like she was like, but do not arouse love until it desires. Right. And so she's like speaking that out. Like, oh, control. Um, because she's so attracted. But what you're saying is like develop all these other connections first, because the danger in that is like you're saying with the oxytocin and the bonding, when we have sex with people, we feel bonded to them. Yeah. And so a lot of people stay in relationships for longer than they should because yeah. of that bond. Yeah. And so they're like, well, I think that the quality of the relationship is say an eight out of 10, where really it's like a four out of 10, but you're blinded because of that bond. And then you get well, a marriage so, or longer yeah. relationship and you stick it out and you're like, oh man, we actually suck. Like we actually don't have <laughs> yeah. a good relationship, right? That's right? But you've stuck it out because of sex. And so you don't want to have sex be something that's a blinding agent that blinds you from the reality of your relationship. Yeah. You want to be able to determine exactly like, do we have these other connections and can sex just be something that confirms what's already good? Wow. That's amazing because sex is powerful and it can blind us too. I mean, if we use it in a way that isn't healthy, it blinds us to seeing the other person in proper light. And then it makes us reinvent our relationship a little bit. We think, oh, this is the one. When really you're just, you just bind it on a sexual level and they're probably not the one, yeah. right? Yeah. And then so you miss out on really exploring whether this is the right person for you. Um, and not only that, then you, you deal with the pain of a connection that probably will break apart, yeah. right? You know, you can avoid that. Whereas when you have sex in marriage, the power, power of that is actually, it doesn't blind you. It awakens you even more to the connection that you, you're growing in and as a couple, the purpose that you're living out. So the power in that becomes, it adds into your marriage. It builds into your marriage. Whereas if you have sex outside of marriage, it actually takes away from you. It hinders you. It cuffs you a little bit to, to experiencing this stuff. So sex is powerful. Yeah, and just to emphasize how powerful this concept of covenant and sex is in Scripture, you got to understand what covenant is in Scripture. And so every time that there's a, a new covenant that's formed in the Bible, there's always blood that's part of it. So Moses forms a new covenant with people in, in his day, and he throws blood out. He's like, hey, I'll form a new covenant now. And, and God makes a new covenant with Noah and his family saying, like, here's a rainbow. I'm never going to wipe out the earth again. But there's been a lot of bloodshed. Like the whole world has basically been wiped out except for his family. There's always blood. And so when Jesus formed a new covenant with us, the new covenant, he was, there was blood, right? Like there was blood on the cross. And so every time there's a new covenant formed, there's always blood. What did God do to the female body? He created a hymen that he put into the vagina that when now a man enters in for the first time, the hymen tears and there's blood that's spilled, 
There's blood that's shed. Why? Because it's forming a new covenant in marriage. Now, it's interesting because if you look on Google, what is the purpose of a hymen? Nobody knows. In the scientific community, it's the one piece of the body that doesn't heal itself. Once it's torn, it never heals again. Whereas if I cut my skin or on my arm, it's going to heal itself. The hymen never heals again. And we were talking about this at a conference we did a couple of years ago. And in the lunch break, a doctor came to me and she said, this is actually the only explanation that has ever made sense about the hymen. Because because there's no physical reason why women should have a hymen. But when you understand covenant and that when a man enters into the woman and blood is spilled, that represents a covenant with them. It directly goes with what God said in Hebrews 10, where it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And so what he's saying is, We can enter into a new covenant, into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, and let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And so now in the same way, the woman opens up, right? And we can enter into the most holy place. That's why when we have sex, we're like, holy! (laughs) (laughs) Because it's the most holy place, right? And then blood is spilled. And and then that's a representation of now let's draw near in heart. Like it Mm -hmm. says, like now let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And so there's so much representation, even just physically with how God made our bodies. And it's crazy when you understand it that he made every single body on earth to represent this covenant and to take covenant seriously. And so God is a God who restores. And if you've been in a situation where you've had sex outside of marriage and now you're thinking like, oh man, I did this terrible thing. Like it's even worse than I realized before where there's this hymen and, you know, she was a virgin or I was with three virgins and I formed a covenant with each one of them. I mean, that is a reality, but God can restore. And so I think it's really, really important to go to him and surrender that to him and repent of that. And, you know, repentance, sometimes we're like, oh, like I feel condemned. Like I got to repent. I mean, there's a lot of people in hell who wish they had one more chance to repent. Hmm. And I think repentance is a really powerful thing to just say, like, this is something that's in my past. It was a mistake. And now God is setting me free from all the consequences of it. And even that bind that Braden was talking about with the oxytocin, like that where we're connected to people. I think if we just go to the Lord and we don't just ignore it, but we repent of it, he will, he will restore us. He can make us new. He can give us a new life and a new sex life. Um, with our current spouse, with our future spouse, if you're single. And, uh, and so anyways, we just want to emphasize the seriousness of how God designed sex to be a confirmation of the covenant that he made with us and the covenant that now we can make with our spouse. That's right. We want to give you hope. We want you to understand that you can move beyond our past, right? And then I'll know that we, we deal with the effects of our past, but God's in that. And he can restore. Matt and I've seen that in our own lives. You can see that in your life too. So understand what God has in store for you in this area and that he has a design for sex. He didn't just create it and to stop you from having fun. He tells you all these rules and regulations. No, he has a design for it and he has a purpose for it in your life as well. So we just want to leave that with you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate all the support and we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. 
This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.